This week we'll be talking about Ubisoft CEO gives a terrible pep talk to his employees. Ubisoft is prepping us for six new Assassin's Creed games and canceling seven unannounced games. Microsoft will finally show us games in their Nintendo Direct style showcase coming to you very, very soon. And more on season six episode of Press X to Start Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices. I am joined by... Sean M.F. Ross. What the MF stand for? In the words of a great scholar of our time, Lil Boosie. Put your pussy lips on live, I'll give you $1,000. <laughs> At least you're consistent, Sean. Last up, who is here? Hey, everyone, it's me, Avery. Nailed it. All right, now you know who we are. Press X to start Gamers Digest. It's... This is our new thing for us. We have rebranded. We're Gamer Digest. We're still working through the kinks, all right? Press X Start Gamers Digest is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. If you're watching us on YouTube, for one, thank you. Also, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell, because we need those things. Uh, you can get more from us by joining our discord at pressxmreducehard.com slash discord join that conversation please if you are listening to us we ask that you please pause the podcast leave a review and then get back to the podcast because we are about to get into gaming news avery what's happening cool beans uh our first story is from ign this is from rebecca valentine shout out to reb uh, I try to keep a cadence of not bringing up this story every week. This is the actual biggest news that's happened in a long time for this story. Uh, title of the story, go check it out on uh, IGN. Uh, NVIDIA, Google reportedly voiced concerns over Xbox Activision acquisition. So <laughs> the Microsoft takeover of Activision Blizzard, can't really call it takeover, I'm sorry, acquisition of Activision Blizzard has been in a holding pattern for a long time where there's not been a lot of Big striking news, just little small things, little tidbits, talks of concessions and, and such. Uh, like the FTC has no foot to stand. Uh, console war, rapidity, just uh, uh, filling the streets with the video game landscape. And pretty much Sony being the only person saying anything about this deal and being flagged in the streets for talking shit for no reason. Ignoring mm -hmm. the realities of business. And like I said, console war partisanism. Uh, both parties are sort of insane for this deal and the way they're talking about this deal. I've made my opinion on this deal on this podcast multiple times, but I'm not going to belabor the point. However, the big thing about this deal is that in the video game landscape, everyone was being pretty much like, we have no problem with this deal. And I, from a business standpoint, why would all the other publishers have a problem with Microsoft taking their competition away and focusing it on another battlefield? Like, there's no reason for a Take-Two or a uh, Ubisoft or an EA to be like, oh, you mean there's a chance that Call of Duty, the best-selling game of the last five, five to ten years, is only going to be selling on the Xbox, which as of this time probably has only less than 10 to 15 million units sold? That sounds like a good deal for us. Uh, yeah, I've, I've talked about how there is bigger tech ramifications around this, 
And henceforth, both two big tech companies, NVIDIA and Google, have stepped up and said, we have issues with this. And they're not focusing on Call of Duty. They're focusing on the other aspects of this case. Uh, pointing out, with a lot of pundits been talking about for a while, is that Microsoft wants a stronger mobile presence uh, and a stronger cloud presence. And both these two organizations are like, we have a problem with this. I'm wondering what took them so long to speak up. You know? Yeah, no, this is, it's very interesting to see that uh, Google and Cord's, Cor, 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 Cohort, 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 there you go, nailed it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to see that they are um, jumping up now, but I don't know, man. I, I just, I still stand where I, I stand. It's just whatever needs to happen, this needs to just be done. Like, I'm in a weird place because I do like Call of Duty. I do like, I like Activision for Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. And to have Microsoft take it kind of feels weird. Feels weird, that kind of, it does feel weird. But the way that Activision is running right now, if we just leave them to their own devices, it's just going to be a very, very slow either implosion or a very loud explosion. And then we uh, lose Call of Duty, and I don't want to lose Call of Duty. Uh, I, I get that. I'm of the mindset yeah. that if, like, they've talked about this, if the deal doesn't go through, it's going to be disastrous for their business. Uh, and I'm of the mindset that Activision Blizzard. Uh, Activision Blizzard. I'm of, yeah, I'm, well, Activision Blizzard. You can't, it, this, yeah, it's, it's for both yeah. of them. Uh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, I'm of the mindset that if everything that we've heard about the company in the last 10 years of all this uh, stuff is true, then they deserve to collapse. And if they collapse, then it's like the only thing that's going to happen is a fire sale of content and teams. And it's going to be rough for the video game industry as a whole. But Call of Duty will survive the collapse of Activision Blizzard. Why would it collapse? I thought there was guaranteed money to Activision Blizzard if the deal did not go through. Or do you all I think that? I think of well, they get money, but it's, it's short term money. And they're already yeah. in a bad place from a business standpoint. I believe yeah, they, it was billions, though. They would collapse from the business sense, not necessarily yeah. from like, oh, we're out of money. Because like, they're going to make money, but like, it's just not going to be sustainable in terms of how Activision runs their business, it's, even it's though... Especially in the wake of everything around them. Like, a lot of people have yeah. just sort of forgiven, forgotten and forgiven a lot of the Activision bullshit that hasn't really been fixed and is still ongoing because they just like the games. So it's like, it's one of those things where those issues are going to continue to be more prominent and bite them in the way they make games because they're going to probably have to spend more money to retain talent who doesn't want to work for a very out and bad studio. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's, it's that whole retain talent and the whisper network of the games industry. And people are like, nah, don't, don't go to Activision because X, Y, and Z. And you can just look it up. So that is going to hurt them, especially if, if they can't recover from the whole Microsoft deal. Yeah. It's pretty much end game. But like the, to the focus of this is that Nvidia and Google have spoken up about this. Uh, I've been thinking about to why to Sean's early statement. I'm guessing it is it's either a we know this is going through and we just want to delay it for other reasons. Uh, I don't know. Or at some point, information has like passed out in the ether of the tech industry that has said, oh, there's an actual way we can stop this deal from going and handicap Microsoft as an organization because of it. Mm. But yeah, ultimately, this at the long run, if if it's the former, then this is just going to delay this thing, which is probably wasn't going to get solved to like to summer to maybe even the winter. 
So this is just another year of Microsoft going on stage yeah. and talking about Activision Blizzard games and being like, we can't really do anything right now, but you'll the only thing you'll get out of this deal right now is that every new Activision Blizzard deal is going to be showing up in a uh, Microsoft conference. Like, there's no... Outside of Call of Duty, which if I'm Call of Duty and PlayStation doesn't force my hand with a marketing deal, you just do your own marketing event and just do PlayStation branding after the web, so you don't even deal with a conflict of interest. But for the most part, that's where the... Uh, I mean, even even to the, the Call of uh, Duty thing, I, I think they're in a fortunate place now because Modern Warfare 2 already launched. So they yeah. don't necessarily have to worry. Because I, I, as far as I know, I don't know of any rumors of the next Call of Duty game. And even if there was a Call of Duty game in development, which I'm sure there is, I don't... I think it would be Sledgehammer. But anyways, I, I, I think they can probably get away with not doing a thing this year. Or if they do a thing, it just like no, they're, a digital like, thing. It, is no, well, it's Call of Duty. They're going to spend money because they have to with their brand. Like It's a, it's a yeah. brand that has to burn money in order to maintain the amount of I guess prestige it has in the audience. If they do a small mm -hmm. digital event, the chances of normal people, like most people are going to expect a brand new Call of Duty every year. They just expect that. Yeah. Doing an event, just make sure everyone knows you're having it because it's that boost of marketing and lets people know what the thing is. And for the most part, I just, I, I know most people who play a lot of Call of Duty games have their favorite studios, but I don't think the casual Call of Duty audience does. Because if so, certain studios wouldn't sell as high as others. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a good question. I would say, like, the the casual Call of Duty person probably likes either the modern or the older, because that's really where the skew happens. But, you know, I imagine they're still just buying Call of Duty. Yeah, once they went to Jetpacks, I was like, F it. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the more of the mindset. Like, the brands of Black Ops and Modern Warfare will sell games on their own. But I, what I think I was trying to intimate is, okay, this is a Call of Duty game came out. I don't know who the fuck Sledgehammer Games is. It's just Call of Duty to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. Okay, uh, okay so our next story, this is from PC Gamer, and it's part of a bigger uh, Ubisoft story. Uh, lo and behold, Skull and Bones is delayed again. This is a story from Ed Smith. Skull and Bones delayed again by Ubisoft, now coming in early 2023, 2024. Uh, that is a long release window. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you run real quick? Do y'all remember when I had this on my fantasy league? <laughs> Yeah, and I laughed at you then. I didn't. I didn't even laugh at you that it was it wasn't coming out. I laughed at you that this game is not going to be good. You saw one co conference, and then Sean be like, "I don't like this game," and said, "Oh, this game is going to be good." Hey, man, you know what? You know what? It could still. It could still. It could still what, DJ? It could still come out and get better than a fifty. There we go. Yes, there that is. Go. That's no. I think the game. I think Ubisoft has dumped too much resources into this game for it to get anything less than a sixty. Five, I'm giving it a low 70 something. I think 65 is where it can dip the most, I think. I think the Metacritic score is going to be a even 71. That's a possibility. I think that's where it's going to land. I just don't think it can dip below 65. I think there's too much talent and resources into that game to dip below 65. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it, understand what other work this game needs done from what I've seen. I mean, you played the alpha build. You say it sounds like a complete game, but what was the actual response from the people testing it about what the game was? Everybody was just excited to be playing. I, I think I think when we get uh, Skull and Bones, it's going to be a lot closer to um, 
what you guys wanted in terms of no the... no you, you keep par- no it's not what we want dj <laughs> we don't want black flag we just want an actual pirate game no 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 that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i'm not talking about black flag i'm talking about like there's gonna be more like on the boot stuff happening because For that to happen dj they need to delay it another two years I'm being dead ass. Hey, I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm just saying that there's, there will most likely probably be like on the boot stuff. Will it be like quality? Probably not. No, but it will uh, I don't, be there. No, I don't actually, Sean, I don't think it will take another two years. We, we talked about how many fucking studios Ubisoft has and another part of the story we're going to talk about about other things. Easily yeah. resources can be dumped into we need to make playable uh, land areas for this game and populate our massive empty ocean with actual like... <laughs> physical landmarks that you can out dock your boat at that doesn't involve a hub world, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Again, this could get better than a 50, guys, you know? I, you know what I, I mean? think in two years they could make a pretty good game, but I think if, I think this game just, they just need to get this game out. Like, there is over 30-something studios working on this game. Go ahead, Avery. No, I, I talked about how this game only exists in its current form because of weird contractual things. At least that's what I've heard about in these yeah. streets. This is just a game they need to get out, so I don't necessarily think they care about, oh, this game is bad and people are talking about it bad. They just need it to be serviceable. So I'm guessing they're appeasing to, oh, this game is going to get shit on by Sea of Thieves without even trying and trying to build something comparable to that at the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so a second part of the story is from Zach Swison uh, from Kotaku. Ubisoft has canceled at least seven games in six months. So this is talking about Ubisoft in... The wake of Skull and Bones and other financial and business decisions just being unable to get anything off the ground in the last two years that wasn't an Assassin's Creed game. And even though there's like a question mark on them. Like, sorry if I'm interrupting you. I I just started thinking like the biggest things that, that Ubisoft had last year was, um, the DLC for Assassin's That's Creed Valhalla? Valhalla? Yeah, yes. I think that was the last DLC for it. Right? Yes. Yeah, and then the partnered game, the the Rabbits, Raven Rabbits. Mario plus Rabbits, and they also had Rainbow Six Extraction. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a game pass. I was about to say Riders Republic, but that was 2021. That wasn't even the last year. Was that last? That no, was that was 2021. That was the year before. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. I can't really talk much about uh Extraction. I wanted to play that game. But I just couldn't conceivably get my hands on that game in the midst of my Elden Ring uh, horizon, like breaking myself in terms of video game situation. Yeah. So I just never ended up playing it. That was a game I know that it was free on Xbox Game Pass. So yeah. uh, it could be a. I don't. I don't want to fucking be bold about this and make a bold Game Pass claim or whatever. But like for the power of Game Pass, if that game wasn't successful. I am surprised. And it tells you more about. Yeah. yeah the strength of Game Pass as a product than I was expecting. But, yeah. Uh, I think it's smart. I think they were putting out a lot of bullshit, and I hope that them canceling games isn't just, like, this is not go- them going to the UBR team and saying all these child of light that you guys are making. None of this. We need to focus on other things, and it's more hmm. like we are making more dumb games for fads that passed over three to four years ago, like another Battle Royale, another Arena Shooter, another... Uh, Weird games of service, Hyper, more, NFT, more yeah, hyperscape, hyperscape, yeah, more NFT bullshit. I hope it's all that, and then just focusing up because like it's really sad to go from Ubisoft was my favorite publisher to being like I don't play a single Ubisoft game right now, and it's mad sad. I I think 
um i mean we don't have it on the docket but like the the news of um the latest from assassin's creed mirage what that's going to look like which is going to be closer to the old school assassin's creed that everyone loved but like looking at this stuff like i mean i don't i don't have the same love for ubisoft as you do so i'm just kind of looking at this yeah. from what i see and it kind of feels like they are on the verge of just moving towards like activision just having like one or two premier or say activision blizzard but having like one or two just things they make and then if they make like a child of light too it just kind of happens from the excess money they get from the other franchises but i'm not i this doesn't and then on top of all the negative press they got from, you know, how shitty the, the work decisions are, it seems like it's not looking too good. But I mean, I, I hope they're able to recover because as it is right now, it's Ubisoft and EA if Activision gets bought out. And it's like... I mean, take two. Take two. Yeah, yeah take two. Forgive it. I, I always forget what is take two really putting out, though? Other GTA. Than... <laughs> Sean, that is the top selling game. It prints money. I mean, they, <laughs> I understand. Here's the thing. I want to put this on perspective because I know what you're probably saying. Here's the thing. Take two once every 15 years, and it does better than Call of Duty, and then they still put out actual games that people play. Oh, man. You're right. You're right. I mean, I, I was just going to say, what else do they put out other than GTA and NBA 2K? But Yeah. And they were doing Borderlands. They have they have the Bioshock IP. They're oh, okay, doing. Right, they have. Right. I want to say that are they the ones who do Private Division, where it's like they have a small dev pub team that just gives developers like money to make smaller games that they publish and things like that. Like Take Two, Take Two's output is way more pronounced and actually better than Activision's. I'm thinking a straight Rockstar game. So you're right. Yeah. You're correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third part of the story, as DJ alluded to in his preamble. This is a story from VGC. Ubisoft CEO reportedly tells staff the onus is on them to reverse the company's fortunes. This is from Tom Ivan. This was a uh, excerpt from an open letter for Yves Gilmont, who was like, hey man, uh, we're not doing well. And it pretty much, it's a weirdly PR speech thing. And I think the annotation he's trying to go for is, we all love Ubisoft, we all need to work hard. And ultimately, our games aren't doing well because of critical fan response unless business decision that we're making so like if you guys put out tens we'll all be fine but more it comes off more of hey guys man we 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 are doing nothing wrong with the business side and it's all up to you guys to save this company and it's a yeah it's incredibly tone deaf uh response that that i just find incredibly weird yeah i'm 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 looking for the actual quote itself but the actual quote itself is, so, today more than ever i need your full energy and commitment yeah. to ensure we get back on the path to success i'm also asking that each of you be especially careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient and lean as possible. Yeah, I, I think tone deaf is a, a good way of describing this because you as CEO ultimately control what the, the spending and direction of the studio is. So for you to turn around and be like, hey, guys, make sure you control the spending. But it's like. What? What are you talking about? Like you are the one that's signing Ain't the checks. Spending no money. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can't spend money that that you don't allow. So what do you what what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. This 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 seems like ah uh, seems like a negro, please. Like this is obviously a thing that shouldn't have reached our ears mm-hmm. because you know I'm pretty sure like like to get to what Avery was saying about 
you know, maybe what he meant was different from how it came out and what it says on paper. Yeah. But I, I, for us, I trust Eve's Gilmont, especially after following you over the last five years, to not make a Jim Ryan or Bobby Kotick type like response. I think he's genuinely being genuine in his response to Ubisoft because like he considers it a family business and he fought tooth and nail to keep it that way. But I do think this is a bad statement to give to your staff that doesn't really take into effect all the pressure you're putting on them from a management standpoint and all the trials and tribulations that are going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I guess I just go back to like not really being that into Ubisoft and seeing something like this just gives me like pangs of a CEO who's just completely out of touch with his employees. And I mean, I, are, are, are there fortunes coming from they feel like people aren't buying the games? Because, uh, no, I, I, no, I think the real problem is when they're being taken over by Vivendi all those years ago, they restructured Ubisoft in a way that all the most popular titles is mm. what they would focus on, like your Assassin's Creed and your uh, Rainbow Six Sieges in those, like, those type of games. And then they started hitting the uh, gas pedal in those games. And they started getting diminishing returns on them to the point where Siege is still a popular game, but it's nowhere near its luster. Uh, they've done three massive Assassin's Creed, and by the third one, they've gotten to the point where people are like, I don't think I like all these massive Assassin's Creed games all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. So there, there was no real innovation. It was just, they had the formula, did that. And then, to add on, they keep greenlighting games-of-a-service games based on trends and fads that already passed. And those yeah. games inevitably fail. Yep. As well as... As I had my ear to the ground, their games hit on sale too often, too quickly. I don't think that's an issue. I, I see a lot of people not buying games at full price. Yeah, I saw your comment in the chat, and I'm like, I think uh, that's a, re- I think that's a real thing, but I don't think they would keep doing it if like it really made a massive impact on their sales. Like that's like a cool like I'm thirsting, I'm trying to be spending, I'm not going to spend money on Ubisoft game. I know it's going to come out on sale later, but I, I don't think a company would be. Be like, all right, we're going to make a $70 game, and then two weeks later, it's going to be $20, and do that on a regular basis, and then be like, uh, why, why, is it, why is this hurting our business line? Mm. I mean, we, we won't know the inner workings. No, Sean, I could easily be wrong. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt from the economics of a business. Like, if, if you're saying this is a trend that goes on with Ubisoft games, they must see a financial like, reason to continue doing so, and I don't think the... Uh, talking amongst people on the internet kind of a thing is enough to be like, I we're all just not going to buy Ubisoft games at launch and just wait like a month later when they're all on sale to play them. I understand it's a loud minority, but it's just, uh, I don't know. We, we, we don't know the numbers on the books, but I hear you. On the horizon, what are the big like Ubisoft properties? So we know, we know the Avatar game. Yeah, the Avatar game is a Star Wars game. There is the Prince of Persia game if that ever comes out. There's the, the, uh, there's not Sea of Thieves, Skull and Bones. There is the Splinter Cell remake, uh, and then there is the Greater Assassin's Creed uh, projects that we know yeah. are on the work, which is pretty much a solid slate of games. I'm yeah. super excited for the Splinter Cell remake. I like Avatar enough to play an open world Avatar game made by mm. Massive. I don't really give a shit about Star Wars right now, but if it looks cool, I'm down to play a. Star Wars game made by Massive, and if this Assassin's Creed Infinity thing works the way I think it is, I'm down to jump into Assassin's Creed if I keep getting a barrage every other every couple of years. You got Rainbow Six Mobile as well. 
Then there's Beyond Good and Evil, which is a is a fever dream I had three or four years ago. Then Michelle Ancel is no longer working at the company. Speaking of Michelle Ancel, whatever happened to Wild? I remember seeing that as a PSX ten years ago, and that game doesn't exist now. I'm pissed because it looked awesome. Man, I'm looking at the upcoming games as well. They got Rainbow Six Mobile and then two Division games. As a fan of the Division, I think those Division games are madcap, and that's still them playing with those failed like trends situation mm-hmm. and not focusing in because another big issue is there is that argument that every ubisoft game feels the same and it's them like not doing enough to differentiate all their games so that when they do try and do a battle royale it doesn't feel like oh, i'm just playing far cry but it's a battle royale yeah. yeah they have a formula and they stick to it which can be good if the formula works for you but they're probably also going to be a far cry 7 in the next two to three years they're probably mm-hmm. going to give that time to cook i generally like the far cry games i think six was a solid game and if they can massive. yeah if they can refine the things they tried in six four seven i'm down to play it mm. okay they're in bad fortunes the most shocking thing is how bad mario plus rabbits sparks of hopes did which is like yeah but that was critically yeah. good though right yeah, it was critically good. Yeah. yeah i'm guessing it was just a we didn't market it enough yeah yeah probably that as well that's unfortunate I I think that also goes back to the sales shit that I was talking about that I saw online, but that's neither here mm. nor there. Mm. Anywho, moving on. Well, following this, hey, subscriber, you're not subscribed yet? Well, you should be. Because we need your support. Uh, we need your likes, we need your subscriptions, and we need you to hit that notification bell. So you do those three things, and we will greatly appreciate it. Buy war bonds. But what? Well, no, buy PlayStation. No, Jesus. Buy Press oh. X to start bonds. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I don't even know. <laughs> Sean said something and I said, yes, and. <laughs> All right, Avery. Next story is for you uh, thirsty Xbox fans out there who don't want to hear about the actual Blizzard deal. This is from Levi Winslow. This is from Kotaku.com. Xbox and Bethesda confirmed Nintendo style direct, but don't expect Starfield yet. So they have announced in the beginning of the year, I want to say in the next two weeks. Yeah, it's January 25th. They're going to have a develop. They're calling it a developer direct. It's going to be the teams for Forza, Minecraft Legends, Redfall, and the Elder Scrolls Online showing up to talk about their games. People are talking about getting actual dates for a lot of these games. And it's for Xbox fans. I'm super happy for you that you're getting information, especially after they were so quiet at the Game Awards. Yes, to, to go along with what everybody was saying, yes, it is January 25th. Uh, I am actually really looking forward to this stream, mainly because there was news that happened, I guess, last week. We talked about it a little bit, about how, no, I don't think we talked about it in the cast. But yeah, how Redfall is supposed to be more like Far Cry than, I guess, Left 4 Dead or whatever people yeah. thought it was. It's not a war so shooter, think... it's more of a looter shooter. Well, no. Right. Well, it's more of a, well, I don't yeah. Know Far Cry is. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think. That's interesting. Um, for us not getting Star... I almost said StarCraft. For us not getting Starfield, whatever. Give them time. They're going to have their own blowout. Like, you know, everyone who is excited for that game, you've already waited a whole year for it. You can wait a couple more months. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, in terms of the other games that's on this list, I'm like, sure, cool. Forza Motorsports. I'm not a racing guy other than... Unless it's street racing. I'm going to keep it a stack. If we were to say we were going to record a react to this, I wouldn't be here. I'm going to, I'm a full on pollute. Like, I know. They, they, <laughs> I know. <laughs> they, they've been super transparent about the games they're going to show here. I don't give yeah. a shit about the Forza franchise. I've never had. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft Legends, I mean, cool. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, 
it's like Cleveland, whatever. The only thing I've been interested in is Redfall. But as more and more time goes on for this game, more yeah. and more my interest like sort of mm. dissipates. And so it's a shitter get off the pot situation for me. Yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of people, the biggest thing is Starfield. And I, I will give it to Microsoft being up front by saying, hey, we already had a Starfield yeah. uh, show. No, they showed off like 30 minutes of Starfield at their uh, E3 showcase. And that was the mm-hmm. first time we actually saw footage of that game. And the discourse was, wow, this game has very ambitious. This game also doesn't look like. It looks like this guy. Yeah, it looks like Moment's Dying, not the most exciting AAA game. Yeah. If, but if you're into Bethesda RPGs, I mean, it's, it's your thing. Blow your face off. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll see. We'll see. Um, in terms of us doing a stream, that's why it's important for you, watcher and listener, to join our YouTube channel, to subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll know if we do on a stream and you'll be able to watch with us. Or I guess with some of us, because everybody's not going to be. <laughs> It's, 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 I, it, it, I don't want to be on screen for like an hour not caring about these games and they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. now we're in the Redfall. That sounds like right. not <laughs> I hope Redfall is everything you want more. It probably won't be because like it's, yeah. a game I, it's a game I have to play on PC. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay, our next story is something that actually broke while we were recording last time, but I saved it because I didn't feel like there was enough information at the time for me to gather. Uh, so, during the middle of our podcast, uh, this is Jordan Miller, this is from VGC, footage of an unannounced Sony shooter allegedly leaked. So, a very muddy trailer for a in-development game made with Unreal 5 leaked. The character model itself looked like, oh, this is super early in development. The actual world itself really looked like they had an idea of what this world was going to look like, and the actual environment and background looked actually really, really good. Yeah. Uh, like so yeah. much so that like a lot of people just didn't know if there's a giant eye in the background because like how detailed the actual like environment yeah, looking is. Looking at it now, this shit looks bonkers. Yeah, yeah. It's being made with XDev with a unknown third party uh, working with it. XDev is Sony's well second party publisher and development team that help out with a lot of games that like are second party to Sony. Uh, I think the rumor on the streets is this is uh people can fly the people who made Outriders and uh. One of my favorite old games, Bulletstorm. This is their next yeah. game. Because uh, I believe in their early leaked document, they were calling it their next project, Project Red. And if you look at the lower right-hand side of this map, is there's a blurred image of the word red. So we're all linking these two together. So this is their mm-hmm. next project. Uh, they also said it's going to be a third-person sci-fi shooter RPG. How much of this is going to be RPG? I don't know. It's probably going to be in like, oh, there's a skill tree that you can manipulate things. But ultimately, it's still going to be a shooting, shooting. <laughs> It's not going to be a Borderlands, but it's going to be a, like more of a uh, how a Far Cry RPG than anything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like people can buy as a developer. I didn't play Outriders because I just wasn't interested in another Destiny esque like. It didn't miss shooter. anything. Uh, I've heard enough good things about Outriders from people to be like, okay, this is a cool game. I trust their ability to develop games. Uh, Bulletstorm is still one of my favorite like arcade shooters of all time. I think people should go back and find that game and play it. It's just it's super fun. It's got a super cringe world, but it, the game itself is super fun. I I will say, this is real interesting. Up until you said Outriders, I'm like, oh, uh, I guess I'll just watch to see from afar because I we'll was not one of those people that gelled well with Outriders. So yeah, we were we were whelmed. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't mean that 
this game will amount to the same uh, level of quality that Outriders did, and they definitely could take the criticism they got and make a better product. And I think, because I, I actually watched that leaked footage a few times just to get a sense of what was happening. And I, even up until this point, I did not realize I was an eye in the background. So once you said that, Avery, I was like, oh, oh, that's insane. So this is the quantum verse. <laughs> so I, I think like this has the potential of being really, really cool and really just like weird sci fi that I'm definitely interested in. So, you know, yeah. we'll see. And then uh, the big question mark I have with Sony going forward is what is going to be the cadence of them releasing games? Because we know, pretty much know how their first party lineup is going to release. Uh, and well, at least I've estimated how our first party line plays, but how do you fill in those gaps, especially with third party things? Because I still don't think it's a good business plan to just buy exclusivity on games on an ongoing basis in the manner that they're doing. I, uh, yeah. yeah, but I think uh, funding interesting uh, second party games with teams that you may or may not acquire in the future is a good thing to like show up at a like if this game has the promise that I think it will, it's gonna be sort of another returnal kind of a pop. I ain't mad at that. Yeah. I and I'm not even talking about Returnal in terms of genre. I'm just saying in terms of like how that feels in the uh, release calendar uh, between God of War, your Ghost of Tsushima's, and your Spider-Man's. Mm. Yeah. And our final story is only tangentially related in games, but it is sort of games related. Uh, this is from BGC. This is from Time Ivan. Higher Life and Rick and Morty creator Justin Roiling faced domestic violence charges. So apparently in the <laughs> in early 2020, Royland was involved in a dispute with an ex-girlfriend that involved false imprisonment as well as a bunch of other uh, weird domestic violence-related crimes uh, that was dismissed in court and pretty much hidden, but I'm guessing because Royland has a lot of money and uh, all the court documents were sort of sealed. I'm guessing this information came out for three reasons. One, because of the high-profileness of High on Life, and then two, because he has to go into court, I believe, next week the Thursday, and then that's an easier thing to get those documentation and harder to keep secret in that situation. So yeah, if and when the court of public opinion uh, gets its fingers on this, both Rick and Morty, Solar Opposites, and uh, Squanish Games are pretty much dead. Mm, you think so? Yeah. 100%. He does 90% of the voices and creativity on a lot oh. of the all, all that content. So it's like, you can easily find people to do voiceovers, but can you do a someone to be able to improv Rick and Morty the way he does or do all the solar opposite things? That's not a hero there where the main point is that, yo, dude's fucked up, this is fucked up, and whatever the consequences, justice needs to be served. I think... Oh, no, 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 I agree. I, I think... I want to believe that, you know, if this carries through and he is... Because he he's not found guilty yet, right? No, because he's he, he, he yeah the charge the original charges he pled not guilty for, and not that's guilty. why I yeah. think we're getting the hearing now. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I want to believe in the goodness of people to be like, oh, this is fucked up, so we gotta stand firm. But like, there's nothing in my experience. There's nothing in my soul, especially Rick and Morty fans. This is just going to empower them, like. Looking at the, the it depends. It depends on how Justin Roiland handles this. Oh, that's true. If Justin Roiland handles this as an actual human being with empathy and takes the actual mature response to his mistakes, then they have no foot to stand on unless they reveal themselves to be the hardcore 
conservative right-leaning people who hate yeah. like any form of empathy and compassion. Yeah. Right. Who hate women, basically. Yeah. Yeah, like Well, you, you can you, you cannot have empathy and compassion and not hate women. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Like I, I I just I think I saw this on Reddit at one point and I saw the comments and as you can just imagine the comments was yeah he's a powerful dude in a situation with a woman who is remaining anonymous so it's super easy for people to be like this is a gg she's got nothing we're fine no not even that i'm just talking about like people were people were just being really shitty people was being really shitty there was things that i read that i was like oh you must be having a bad day to like say some shit like that like it, it was just you must not be on the internet very much no no I, i'm on the internet a lot sir not the dark corners yeah, first of all no one should be hanging out in the dark corners of the internet that's not a that's not a thing to be proud of i'm not saying i'm proud <laughs> of it i'm saying i've been on the internet for quite a long time they don't have to yeah. be having a bad day to be saying some whack shit no that's all. I, I mean like the, the point that i'm getting at is that i want to believe that the general um majority of people who support um you know squanch games high on life rick and morty are going to be like oh this is really screwed up and like there needs to be justice i just feel like that's not gonna happen and it, it sucks that really sucks yeah well i wish justice for the young lady uh moving on yes yes we all do all right. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for the gaming news. And I guess before we wrap this up, Avery, you've been playing a couple of games, have you? Yeah. So I'm going to start this off with the short first and the longer one last. By the way, so it's a new season of Valorant. I play this game maybe two to three times a season because I'm still learning mouse and keyboard. And this is a game that's very aim intensive. Uh, it's a new season, new act. I play controller. Uh, so this is where you plug in the meme of my friendship ended with Omen. Now Astra is my best friend because <laughs> in this update, they they hard nerfed one of Omen's most useful attributes. And so now I'm playing Astra and fucking Viper on every map getting yelled at for dying and not using my spells the right way. So wait, wait, let, let me just remind because you said something you play. You said you play this twice a season. I play this three or four times a season. Like I'm not on my computer like every night okay. running uh running Valorant. I'm on my computer like maybe once every two to three weeks. I load up Valorant. I pop in mainly like Spike Rush and things like that because like I just I don't want to play ranked and just be like not have good aim and then like also be playing the most important role and just not like being able to do both. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I get you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So how are you enjoying the new season? Uh, a new map is cool. Uh, I think Lotus is, uh, they introduced a new map called Lotus. I think it's a little boring. It's got three bomb sites. Uh, I think that's a Haven thing, but I do like the gimmick of the revolving doors and the destroyable doors and the sort of like various ways you can maneuver around this map. Uh, for the most part, all the agents are in a good place. I think Killjoy might be a bit too strong in this new meta, and they probably need to do something with the Stinger, but I'm going to load the Elo where that's not much of an issue. Like, fuck it, I'll buy Stinger every round and just run at people. Uh, but, yeah. What it's, is a Stinger? Uh, what? Stinger what? is a submachine gun. It's a, it's a gun that, like, if, if you can buy a Vandal or a Phantom, which are two uh, rifles, you should always buy them. But, like, the Stinger is a gun that is super cheap and pretty much better than any, any pretty much better than every other gun that isn't one of those two guns and like okay it's a gun that you can run with 
dollar into dollar game, you can run a gun with. You have to stand still. And, and oh, you can uh, actually run with the gun. You can run with it and have pretty much good accuracy. Uh, okay. Only at a close range. So it's like if you want to yeah. take contact or take a close range gunfight, fucking pull out a snare on the second round. Doesn't really matter. But yeah, okay. I'm having fun with the game. Uh, and then the actual big thing I've been playing is uh, One Piece Odyssey, which is a game that I have been looking forward to for a long period of time. And I can say that for the most part, as a One Piece fan, it lives up to the uh, my expectations of what this game was going to be. What mm. actually really impresses me is that it is very much more of a Dragon Quest and like a level five type game than like a normal budget anime type game. Interesting. It's a actually really solid RPG. I have an issue with the controls and I'm talking about the main sort of like overworld controls because Japanese games typically have uh, select on like circle and X on cancel and like Western games sort uh. of have like we have a sort of an X and, uh, cross and square situation. Uh, yeah. So like I play the game and I want to like jump or like select something and I'm pressing like in my head the cancel button and you can't remap the controls in this game so I just have to deal uh, with it. Uh, that's more overworld stuff and like this is an RPG so it's like I'm never going to get into a combat situation where like oh no I hit the wrong button and did the wrong input. It's like it's whatever. Uh, I think the game... Oh you know what? You know what? If you just spend a small sum you can get the playstation uh dual sense edge and remap the buttons boom boom look at he's that. not buying that i'm probably the only person <laughs> on this cast that's gonna buy that controller that's a, that's a hard pass <laughs> and that's a, I, I i i would if oh, i God. got more into like competitive games i would 100 cop this controller because it seems like the yeah. best option but like, if I'm playing mostly turn-based RPGs, visual novels, and weird uh, uh, indie games, and then occasionally I'm running it down mid in a shooter, I mean, this is not something I really need. <laughs> yeah, I'm not spending like over $150 just to play an RPG. Yeah, uh, I think the game begins super fucking weird. I think, once again, oh. it's, a, it's a type of game that has a really bad opening section, where like the game starts you off at level 40. And I understand why they did it, Wait, wait, so the actual in, game? Yeah, so the game, you jump into the game, you start a new game. I thought I was crazy. <laughs> I, you start at level 40, all the straw hats have their full complement of moves. It's like, I, I thought in my head this type of game, they would like, you would start the game at level one, you have to build your straw hats as you explore this area and grow with that, but like you start at level 40. Uh, an event happens that bumps you down to level one, but like it's a very uh, jarring first hour in terms of learning about how the game works to just be overpowered and running into combat situations where you're just one-shotting enemies or they have to make yeah. the enemy unnecessarily strong just for like, a fight to have any meaning as you're also trying to learn. It's sort of weird combat system, which is zone-based, but like you don't have any maneuverability during the zone-based thing. So like there are certain targets I can't target, but like, as far as I can tell, there's no option to like move to an area to target that it's if like the, the game oh, so like you just can't you just can't attack that person the entire yeah, like the enemies will be split to two groups and like one person will be on one side with that other group and like, I think this is just random and the other guys will be on the other side of the other group and like unless those characters have like long range moves or specific moves that can do certain situations there's nothing you can really do with targeting them, I think that's a fucking weird thing. Oh, that is weird. 
But that's early on. After that, you sort of get into the actual main game, and that's where like it really starts to shine as like a Dragon Quest esque uh, like RPG. And I genuinely really love the One Piece uh, IP in aesthetic, so I'm just super into seeing what this story that means absolutely nothing to the canon of One Piece actually turns out to be. Uh, shout out to this game for starting this game in sub mode and not jumping me into a uh, English VO. They knew their target audience. Yeah, I'm having fun with it. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I actually downloaded the demo and I was planning on playing it uh, before this cast, but it, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. So glad to see that someone played it and you're enjoying it. Yeah, and that's what that's what's more important. Um, Sean, you got anything? Or are you good? Um, for some reason, I started playing Axiom Verge 2. I don't know. I just... Oh, do you, you enjoying it? It is a game. um no seriously apparently they are their idea of uh accessibility and i don't know if we talked about this or maybe i just looked this up somewhere their idea of accessibility was making pretty much all the bosses almost all the bosses optional you can just walk right past them like literally walk right past them yeah and then you can also quadruple your damage output and half their damage output the damage that you take, some is shit this, like that. Okay, that's okay. Is that like an option you can set? Yeah, it, it's just an options. It's just there. Yeah. Um, I think I had finished Yakuza Four, and because there's such a long exposition at the beginning of each Yakuza game, I was like, "Let me try this game since it was free for PlayStation Plus." And I'm kind of just playing that when I don't have the time to actually commit to you know yakuza or mm-hmm. an apex match or something you know those are a good 15 20 minutes this right if i die i don't give a shit you know what i mean yeah I, i'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. too invested in it. it's just it's literally something to do because i have deleted spelunky i've deleted uh binding of isaac i haven't played those in such a long time so yeah it's literally just a short game to play if i don't want to be playing on my phone right right that makes sense yeah uh, right. other than that i'm playing yakuza 5 yeah you know what i still give it to you the fact that you are like dedicated to going through all the yakuza's in the series like <laughs> hey yes yes still ain't free to be eldering but you know good job <laughs> i know where you live <laughs> uh you're right you're right you do all right um i think that's it for the podcast uh I just want to say uh, good job, all of us. You know, we did a fantastic job. You know, technical difficulties suck and made it work, you know? All right. Marcus, we love you. We kept it under an hour. Yeah, look at him. He should be. Uh, he's clapping right now. Unfortunately, it's not his hands that he's clapping. But next week, you'll pay. So now, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Marcus, I'm sure you heard that. <laughs> all right. This has been another episode of Press X to start Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps. Every little bit helps. I haven't said that in a long time. Also, remember to like, share, and to subscribe on our YouTube channel. That's weird. This is a very old thing. Uh, Let me restate that. I want you, listener, to like the podcast. Like the YouTube video because we know you're watching it. Well, you should be watching if you're not watching it. But yes, like the YouTube video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell. Do it. I'll see you later. All right. Uh, if you missed any of this, you can find all the details and more on our website at pressx2start.com. 
Until next time, you be safe. You take care of yourself. You play some video games. Peace.